Meg Fariello. And we are here today to talk about Rebel Dawn. Rebel Dawn, which I've been calling Rebel Dream. And I've from the been beginning. <laughs> Shadows of Rebel Dreams at Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. I mean it's a very it's it's a fine title and yeah, I'm fine. not critical of the title, but it's interchangeable, I think. It's just sort of a generic Star With Wars title. <laughs> Star Wars title. But it's not a generic Star Wars book. No, it's I so this one I actually think I remember the most mm-hmm. I 100% remembered Queen of Empire that entire oh well it's very memorable casino in the air uh, scene I knew I, re- I remembered the fate of Bria because it doesn't really make sense yeah for Han's story if, right if she's still if, around if she's still alive at the end of this um, but I I I really loved this, this journey was <laughs> phenomenal and I had not I had never read this book yeah. before I knew where Bria was going because Han recounts his experience with Bria in right. <laughs> we'll get to so I knew, I knew it wasn't gonna work out for for Bria but um but what a what a journey yeah this was this these three books were a real these three real treat. Were great. And <laughs> I guess uh, it'll be really interesting to see the new young Han yeah, movie in having comparison. having read these in comparison because I mean I guess maybe this is conversation best saved for the end of the episode but this is the finest prequel work I've I think ever so seen too done. and I have, I have a lot to say about the sort of world building and the way in which AC Crispin intertwines. Like Zizor, who's a very big character from Shadows of the Empire, yeah. um, which is a book we'll eventually read. Um, the way she sort of brings in the Han Solo adventures, which is which is a series I didn't read, but was one of the earliest um, expanded universe books um, written by a guy named Brian Daly. She sort of brings that stuff in. It does not, and it doesn't feel. We talked about this earlier this week. The sort of moments that you know are coming because you know Han has to do the Kessel Run. You know he has to win the Falcon. You know, all these things don't, you know, you know him and Lando have some tension. Right. None of it feels, like, laid out for you. No, it feels... None of it feels nudgy and, like, Yeah, it never feels like they're turning and, like, winking at the camera. Yeah. The way that they do in a lot of times in prequels. (laughs) I'm trying to think of an example, but I'm sure one will come to me. But, Yeah. yeah, it never feels... And it never feels like characters are going somewhere because they have, have to, to yeah. for the sake of matching up it feels very yeah very I mean, like this natural. is a very deft hand and very yeah. skillfully constructed yeah i mean i guess it's yeah we did talk about this but prequels i think must be among the hardest things to write because to create stakes like right. to create suspense in a prequel i think right. must it's be hard. one of the hardest things to do yeah and she does such a great job because she introduces so many new characters. Yeah. And so you do have some of the characters that we're going to come to know and love in the original trilogy. Right, but, but very few. And we're really focused. You know, this this book, I think, more than the first two, we don't spend all that much time with Han. We spend no. a lot more time with the Huts and with Bria yeah. and with Lando. Um, that it's, it disconnects itself 
from feeling like we're just like on a you know a train car headed directly to Moss Eisley, and right. like by the time we get to Moss Eisley at the end, it feels so earned. Yeah, that absolutely. we've made it. There. It was very powerful. <laughs> and again, um, got chills. I know. It was, <laughs> it was it was so effective. Yeah, I was really I was really swept up in it. So I guess to to quickly go through. Yeah, we'll try to story. do it faster. Why do it quickly? I, I feel like these stories are very straightforward, and then we just like. I think we need to fight the urge to go too far okay. into. Any yeah, plot. so the opening is basically Han at the Sabic table right. on Cloud City. He goes to the high stakes Sabic game on Cloud City. Yeah. It's very like Casino Royale kind yeah, of. Yeah, very Casino Royale, except with Sabic. Yeah. And he wins, wins the Falcon against and, Lando. Yeah, and the pot. And I mean, I guess we can talk about it more. Um, but anyway, okay. yeah. Yeah. see, this is exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly we're in trouble. So Bria is also there. She's. Has a, has a meeting with um, a bunch of like alliance delegates. Yeah, she's a, Bria is essentially forming the rebel alliance. Yeah, she's one of the high commanders. She's not in, in in charge in charge, but she's up there. No, and it seems like up until this point, rebellion has been occurring in sort of individual pockets. That there's like a Corellian resistance right. and an Alderanian right. resistance. There are rebels, and, but there's no alliance. Right, and it seems like it's really Bria who is saying we need to come together yeah. as a rebel alliance. Right, so she's meeting with a bunch of like rebel leaders basically on yeah. Cloud City, and one of them um, is a delegate from Alderaan. Winter, who's yeah. the first time we're seeing Winter. She's a pretty big Expanded Universe character. Yeah, she's Leia's like childhood best friend. Yeah, she ends up nannying. Uh, the solo kids, kids. Um, like a real, <laughs> a real, <laughs> a real emotion. <laughs> yeah. um, but she and uh, Bria have a conversation, and Bria is concerned that Alderaan is a really great ally, but they're such pacifists that right. they're maybe not going to be able to sort of help in the way that right. And they, um, and Alderaan is reluctant to get involved, right? Because, because that, but, yeah. But uh, Winter's just like, well, no, you know, I really think we need to do this, and right. my bestie Leia, Leia <laughs> also thinks we need to do this, and the Viceroy, because Alderaan has princess, but not king. King, yeah. Uh, the, Vice, the Viceroy, Bail Organa, thinks, thinks that yeah, he really listens to us, like, right. he takes us seriously. Yeah, so we get a little bit of sort of Leia. Yeah, but that's all. That's all we get, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just, just a little touch. And um, after he wins the Falcon, Han really works on getting it, like, souped yeah, up. Yeah, he soups up that Falcon. He goes to Shug's yeah. space barn, and him and he's still with Sala at yeah. this point. Um, him and Sala, Chewie, Jarek are all... Yeah, he's still got his sort of, like, happy family. Yeah, Smuggler's and or Smuggler's Moon uh, pals. They soup up the Falcon. He decides... To race against Sala. Sala. Going through. It's like an ongoing thing they do just for fun. Right. Is to do the Kessel Run. Right, because she has a, a pretty great ship. Yeah, they're uh, the, both. The Rim Runner? Is that the Rim ship? Runner? Yeah, yeah. they're great pilots. Yeah, so they decide, like, now that the Falcon's, like, completely done, he's got all the. He adds in those compartments. Yeah, and that we see some throughout guns the films. And and, right, he just, like. Gets the hyperdrive. Gets it out, yeah. Right. Um, him and Sala decide to race the Kessel Run, um, and it goes horribly wrong. Yeah, Sala <laughs> does this short hyperspace jump yeah. too close to a, a black hole, yeah. and her ship is, like, going in towards right, like the black hole. Basically an eating up by the black hole. Han does some very fast thinking. Yeah, and they have, like... Sala put on a space, shoot, a space suit and jump out of the ship, and right, they have they Jarek, like... Yeah. 
go in a spaceship. Space claw, yeah. And grab her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So they save her, but Sala is very... I don't know what happens to Sala. She... Something... Okay. <laughs> but she has go through a big change. She's very upset that she lost her ship because right. her smuggler is like that's if, your whole livelihood. Right. Like you work very very hard to get that ship, and once you have it, like that is your right. life. That's basically. how you make a living. That's um, how you do everything. So she she initially has this response of like you should have just let me die with my ship, right? Which seems like what the smuggler's like the smuggler response way. is. And then Han was like, but I love you. Like you know, like I care about you. I was not. Was obviously never gonna let that happen, yeah. and something goes haywire <laughs> in Sala, and she just decides that like I my interpretation is that she realizes that this life is real tough, and yeah. and people die, and she decides that like oh Han and I we're just gonna we're gonna get married. Yeah, I guess my interpretation is that like she feels like she's lost everything, and she has this moment of like desperation where she yeah. feels like she needs to lock down, down. the one thing right. she has left, <laughs> right. which is Han. So she sort of tries to railroad Han into marrying. Yeah, her. she seems sort of jolly about it. She's yeah. sort of like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, I booked the ho- like I booked the hall, like we're no, get, we're, we're gonna get married. We're married next week. And Han flips out <laughs> and. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, but he basically... Flees. Flees. He says, like, there's no way I can convince her that I don't want to get yeah, married. Yeah, I can't convince her I'm not going to marry her. So <laughs> we're just going to run away. So he runs away. And and I guess maybe we'll do this real quick because he spends most of the middle of the book gone. And he uh, has three separate adventures that sort of... Yeah, he's just, like, bebopping around. around. He's the in the corporate sector, sector, which I'm not exactly sure what that is, but... These three little vignettes, they're in, like, italics throughout the book, are the Han Solo adventures, which are these three oh. novellas or short... I mean, they're not... I think they're short novels written by Brian Daly. Um, these sort of, like, original... Oh, that's the... Expanded universe. Okay. Um, so there were these Han Solo stories, which I, I never read, but they came out in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. They were some of the first expanded universe, and A.C. Crispin, like, interweaves those. So those short stories are, like, her sort of interpretation. Okay, where she... Him. Yeah, he's, and basically he's just like sleeping with a bunch of ladies. Yeah, and like, like, <laughs> he's just partying. Yeah, he gets the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon to where he'll make point five past light speed. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's just like off doing his own thing. So while he's doing that, see, this is the problem. It seems simple, <laughs> but there's so right, many like different balls, balls in the air. In the air. So let's. Okay, just, I say we finish Han and then go back. Okay. So Han everybody else. comes back um, to Smuggler's Moon after being gone for like six. Six months, months or so. Or so, and then um, he finds out that Bria has been poking around. Right. She's come up with this plan to free the slaves on Alicia. Yeah. Um, by sort of taking over and... Um, she wants to just go destroy. Destroy all the high priests. Destroy Alicia. Um, destroy the whole operation. And she makes a pitch to... She's made a pitch to Jabba and Jilliak, and Jilliak's not on board, but Jabba, yeah, Jabba is. is, and then yeah. for reasons that we'll discuss, yeah. Jabba ultimately gets to make that call, right? and so Han is approached by Bria yeah. in a bar. Sort of very reluctantly yeah. convinced. And, and he doesn't want to, but she says, he's upset with her, I think rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but she says, you know, this is potentially really profitable, you know, we're the we're going to seize all of the spices and stuff, but we'll give you guys right. a cut of it. And so he recruits a bunch of smugglers. Right. Yeah. She sort of needs him to get the smugglers on board. Right. Because so they really trust him. Yeah. So they travel around. They go to uh, Tor... 
What's that? What's that oh, Tagorian. Tagorian, yeah. Where and they get Merg and Merv. Merg and Merv. <laughs> they finally show up. I was wondering. I was so happy up. to see them. Yeah, they show up again. Um, oh, at one point they go to Kashyyyk. <laughs> well, they get any of the book. Yeah, we we barreled over. That. Right. Well, again, it's yeah. there's so many little threads. Okay. Um. They. So anyway, they take. Um. They take Alicia, and it's way harder than they expect. There's casualties. Yeah. It's tough. Jarek dies. Jarek dies and shatters my heart. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was into really, a million really pieces. I knew Bria died. I did not remember. I was... Jarek died. I was... I mean, I assumed he didn't make it. because I was crushed. But, the, like, it seemed like maybe he was just going to go off on his own. He was yeah. like a young guy. He had a girlfriend for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't thought... go with them on the Hansel adventures because he was right, staying right, with his right, girlfriend. Right. So it seemed like... But, Anyway. <laughs> so at the last second, Bria double crosses all of the smugglers. She says Yeah, so she takes all the loot, basically. She takes all the loot and she but she does it in such a way that it seems like Han was always in it with her right. to double cross all the smugglers. And she has this very she's like, Well of course, like he'll come with me. Like he'll understand. Right. I'm not gonna talk about this with him ahead of time. Right, like he'll, he'll get it. He'll get it, yeah. He and does not get he it. Does not get it. <laughs> and no one else gets it. So all the other smugglers think that Han was in on it with right. Bria, including Lando, oh, and that's right. the source of Lando and Han's yes. like fallout ahead of um Bespin. And so then Han is with Chewie and they're just trying to like Get it back together. Yeah, they save all these like babies. Yeah, they save a bunch Chewy, of, like Corellian babies. They find a bunch of Corellian babies on Elysia because uh, the pilgrims were like having children before. Yeah. Um. The priests started putting birth control. In yeah, the like food. In the, yeah. Um. And because they were so like hung up on the the addiction that they just forgot these kids. So yeah. Chewie makes them save the kids. Yeah. And so they take the kids on the castle run. Yeah, the kid, there's a bunch of children on the castle run. Yeah, including one who I feel like must come up again at some point because we get his first and last name. Yeah, but I don't. Know yeah, who I don't he remember. Is. I it wasn't familiar. But yeah, so they an imperial ship shows up. Right. They're they tra- they're on their way back from Elysia when Jabba says, "Pick up some spice for me right. in the castle." Like, well, we're gonna need some money anyway. So they and right, Chewie's they, like, "And we need to make sandwiches for these the babies." Yeah. <laughs> the kid. <laughs> Yeah, so they pick up the spice, they're doing the castle run, an imperial ship sort of jumps in. Right. In order to not get caught with the drugs, basically, Han dumps the spice thinking he's going to come back and pick it up. The Imperials come on board, they're like, what are you doing with all these kids? (laughs) It's fine. Where's your drugs? Yeah, yeah. No drugs. Um... He goes. He drops the kids off. He goes back to try to find the drugs, and they're gone. They're already gone. The Imperials. So this is spotted the game. His and Jabba's big right. And Jabba problem. says, "You know, you have ten days to pay me back." And because yeah. Bria screwed him over, he doesn't have the funds. Right. He has no money. He's tried. He tried to borrow money from everybody, but because Bria burned him down with everybody, right. no one is gonna give him any cash. And so he's. We leave him on. Tatooine. He goes being, to Tatooine so he can try to talk to Jabba in person to work it out. Right. And. That doesn't really help. Yeah. So at the very so at the end he's in the he's in the cantina. cantina yeah. Mos Eisley and he sees. Yeah, Chewie comes up to him and is like, "I got a deal. Somebody wants somebody us. wants a ride." Yeah. And he's like, "Well, that'll I'll right, negotiate we'll it. We'll make that work. You go you go sit down with them and then I'll come up to yeah. the table." And, and so that's, that's where it ends for Han. Yeah. It's really it's really chilling. It works so well. Yeah. <laughs> so Bria 
I guess, like, yeah, what do we need to fill in? So, Bria, um, we get a lot more of Bria in this book than yeah. we have in the past. Bria. I hate her. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her so She's much. She's a bit of a bee. Um, <laughs> so, she's kind of bouncing around trying to recruit. Yeah. And also making plans to destroy the Empire. The Empire. Oh, and I guess the most important thing for Bria is that Bria is Rogue One mm-hmm. in this book. That yes, Bria basically. Bria dies at the end of the book and what she dies doing is leading her squad on a suicide mission to get the yeah, Death Star get plans. plans right up and, like to she land. doesn't know that right. the Death Star plans. She doesn't know that it's going to like. Like she, right. she just sort of knows that they're like super. It's important. really important, yeah. and so she makes that yeah. sacrifice. And she, so at the end, she's like thinking of Han and how yeah. much she loves him. But how if she had to do it all over again, she would do, the, do same. the same thing. Yeah, and so she dies. Um, an interesting sort of like Boba Fett through line is that Fett. Uh, there's a bounty on her from the Alicia right guys. Um. And so Boba Fett captures her on the Queen of Empire, which is this giant, like, basically, like, Titanic in the sky. Like, just yeah. like a cruise ship. Lando's on the, on the ship as well. Um, and he he kidnaps Bria at a certain... Boba Fett can, kidnaps Bria at a certain point, And she says, you know, like, I know you're, you're a bounty hunter. You have this, like, very strict moral code. Like, if... When I die, like, can you please send a message to my dad to let him know? Because, like, I want him to know. Right. She says, like, that she would... Like occasionally, she couldn't be in contact with her parents, but she would get word to her father that, right, she, that she was, was still okay. okay, like every six months yeah. or so. And she's like, I don't. The idea of him sitting there, like waiting and hoping, right. is too painful. So yeah. just like tell um, him that I'm dead. And he makes that promise. And so at the end of the book, um, at Mos Eisley, Boba Fett is like, I'm not. Runs into Han and is like, I'm not here to get you at this moment. Yeah. But like, I made a promise to Rhea that I would. Get, get word to her dad. And, and he's, like, like very business have, about it. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, you actually know this guy. So right, like, so you do it, fulfilled my... Yeah. Bria's dad, right. tell her dad. And right, so, and so that's how Han finds out that she's right. dead, basically, as Boba Fett tells And, him. I mean, there's a lot, I guess, to... to but I, I, another <laughs> thing that I really liked about this book is, like, where it leaves Han in this place of being uniquely isolated from his community, having yeah. been betrayed by the woman he loves, right. having then just found out that she died, and he's very... Right. You know, so it gives you a lot of context for why Hans has such a bad attitude. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> he's really bummed out. <laughs> Especially compared to Han, as we've seen him right. up until this point, where he makes friends so easily, and he loves everybody right, right away. Right, like, yeah, a guy, like, just palling around. Right, whereas friends. here, like, it makes sense that he's, like, not in the mood for Luke. Right, not trusting really anybody. really not in the mood for Obi-Wan. Yeah. That he's very, like, prickly towards Leia at first, because obviously she and Bria have just tons in common. Right, and very similar, yeah. Um, so maybe quickly run through the hut of it all. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad that we saved that because we just need to do hot talk. Okay, let's, 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 let's welcome to hot talk. Yeah, welcome to hot talk. I'm Caroline Gutter. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about that. So uh, I don't even know if like I don't know if I can do it. I don't even know if it's useful to do it <laughs> like in a, a run linear. Well, it's not useful to do it in a linear way. But basically, what's happening is Durga is like dead set on figuring out who the heck killed his parent. His parent Arak, right? Yeah. That's his name. Um, which happened in the last book. 
he's just like, I will pay any amount of money. I, I do anything. not care anything. He doesn't care about the business. He doesn't care about consolidating his power. Like right. he only wants to figure to out to figure out to avenge Arak's Right. Death. And eventually he does figure out that the Elysian priest is the one who poisoned Arak, but he right. doesn't know who hired him to do he's that. He's like, I have to know who um, the I have to know who pulled the strings. Right. So his clan, which I'm not gonna try to pronounce, no. there's two different clans, basically Durga's clan and Jabba Angelix. Right. Clan in B&D. this B and D, and so Jabba and Jabba is had it up to here <laughs> with Jiliak, who has is a mother now, right? And is just has no time for anything but her little squirmy. And like that's really Jabba's perspective. I feel like Jiliak's still doing a fine job. No, yeah, right. Jabba is, but Jabba's just like no. Jabba is like had a, it enough. He's just like very jealous of he's the baby. Jealous. I think. He thinks that she's. Uh, gotten sort of soft and right. um, has sort of lost perspective. Right. Um, he he's gunning. I think at this point for taking over. He knows that like this baby could put a wrench in. Right. The sort of like it, line. Like, he yeah. At this point, he's the baby does not have a name. Right. The baby oh, never no, gets just named. The baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's always been like Jiliak's like heir and right hand. Right. And, and they're sort of partners. And now there's now Jiliak is more focused on right. Like literally between them. The baby. Yeah. Um. So Jabba. He's, uh, yeah, he's really just like angry. At he's Jilliak. angry, and every sort of decision Jiliak makes, Jabba's like, "That's a terrible right. decision. We should be doing. We should be doing it the opposite." Way. Yeah, that Jabba wants to mix it up. Yeah, a little more. Um, and so, and so at the same time, Zizor. <laughs> yeah. So Zizor, the head of Black Sun, right, which is another which sort is of another crime, crime right? Because we've had this like. Huts as the Godfather thing going on. And I don't know what Zizor is in that. Uh, yeah, I mean he's his sort maybe of independent. He's, he's the the guy who wants to sell <laughs> yeah. drugs at the beginning. Who is he? The Turk or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He's he's yeah. He's like an outsider, but he but the Black Sun is like a huge a enterprise. Huge. They, are a much more powerful crime family. He's like Michael Corleone in Godfather. Too. Yeah, yeah. He's except. He, he at least pretends yeah. to be nice. And he has Guri, who I do remember, I remember pretty vividly from Shadow of the Empire, who's uh, a very, very, very good android, basically. Right. Like, everyone thinks she's a woman when everyone they meet her. Everyone thinks she's a human yeah. woman, but she's actually, she's actually an, assassin yeah, an assassin droid. So Zizor is trying to sort of weasel his way in. He wants to take over the hut. The hut business. sector, yeah. And so what he does is pull strings to make it so that Durga cannot get the information that he wants right. except through right. Zizor. So Zizor yeah. gets it and just like sits, sits on, on it. Yeah, and just waiting. He's like documents that prove that Yeah. And, but eventually on. Durga sort of like humbles himself before Zizor, like yeah. comes to terms. And then Durga and Jiliak fight to the death. To the death. <laughs> with their tails. It's insane. <laughs> they try to slap each other to death with their tails. Yeah. Well the we also tail thing in this is interesting. Yeah, before this, uh, Terosa. Oh, How are we gonna say it? I don't know. The Elysian priest. In the last episode, I was calling him Terozoan, yeah. and it's like not even close to right. <laughs> I think his name starts with ends with an A. Yeah, like. Terzo. Whatever. The, the 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 main Elysian priest. The high priest. The high priest kills Kibik. Right. Also in a leg. You're so stupid. Like, right. You're so lucky. <laughs> There's a lot of that happening in the hut. Yeah. Just like I'm headed up to here. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just sick of everyone's nonsense. Yeah. And he kills him by like like a rhino. Yeah, with his horn. But it takes him with a, his apparently horn. like 
Hut organs are because they're so fat. Fat, like it's very hard to hit their right. organs with anything. And like, there's like a, a mythology that like they cannot be killed with a blaster, which is like not technically true, but it is very hard. Right. Because to their hit organs any. are like in very deep. Right. And, like, and so, so it just like rams so them with violent. Horn. Yeah. Over and over, and she basically like bleeds out as Kibik is like slowly dying. Yeah. And uh, it's. It's brutal. It's but, brutal. Yeah, and then Jillian and Durga have this like long, like slamming. It's a lot of just like slamming no, tails, just, like trying <laughs> to beat each other to death with their tails. Yeah. And Han is there, like chatting with Jabba yeah. when it happens, and Jabba comes up and sees what's happening. And part of it is that Guri's there, and Guri's like, "Oh no, this is this is happening." Right, like, like we're just let it happen. let it happen. And part of it is Jabba's like. You know what? This is a win-win for me. Yeah. Like, like either Juliet kills Durga, great, or Durga kills Juliet, and I can take over the family. Right. Great. I've had it up to here yeah. with Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> and get annoyed really easily. Yeah. Hugs <laughs> are very temperamental. <laughs> and so, like, Durga wins. It's horrifying. It's really horrifying. Like, I was upset. Yeah. His, like, yeah, the description of, like, yeah, just beating Juliet's head yeah. into sawdust. Yeah, it's, like, it's bloody and yeah, everything. Yeah, very gross. Then he, like, slithers out, yeah. and he, Jabba goes over and is, like, looking at the body of Juliet on the floor, and then, like, the body squirms yeah. because the baby Baby's was inside in the, the pouch, pouch yeah. that whole time. time. And somehow survived. Yeah, I guess it's the, the depth thing. Yeah. But then when the baby comes out, like, Jabba kills it. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I hate this baby. Yeah, it's just going to be a problem for me in the future. Yeah. yeah. So he does the hut baby execution of, like, rolling, rolling over, over it. it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, it's really gruesome. Oh. Yeah. So that's how Jabba takes over. His family. His, but, yeah. I mean, Juliak is not wrong about Jabba. Like, no. I think that... You and I feel like a, the big thing in here with the huts, and this is after all hut talk. Right. <laughs> the huts is it's all about like this younger generation taking over, and they are not ready for it. No, yeah. Like Jabba is not ready to be in charge, right. and Durga is not ready to be, be in charge, charge. Yeah. and they're really just sort of like blowing Kibik's up the hut not ready thing. To be in charge. <laughs> As far as Kimmick is as close as Hutt's come to having like a sweet baby angel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like he keeps asking, he's like, is this the right thing to do? He's like, I think like if like the simplest tasks of trying to like if this guy comes in, like this what is, is what he, I should say? Yeah. <laughs> what if he says no? What do I do then? Yeah. Like Kimmick's yeah. never told anyone what no, to do. Right. He, yeah, he's he's the closest they have to like a yeah. darling boy. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's still not. Yeah, he's still, still awful, but still like, awful. But he's as close as they come. Yeah, us. and like I think that that theme is interesting too with Jilliac and her baby, right? Because Jabba's like, well, why don't you just send the your baby, baby away. to like a nursing center? Like, you don't need to keep this baby with you all the time. And Jilliac's like, no, it's not ready yet, right? Yeah. So this like theme of um, this younger generation like too quickly coming of age and and yeah. not knowing how. Because, yeah. like, it's, you know, in terms of height years, I assume it's not that much longer that Jabba is just completely defeated. No. Right? Like, he doesn't run this for He's that long. He doesn't have it for very long. And they even, like, by the, after Jilliak is gone, Jabba is now, like, 
Cause just completely giving in to all of his appetites. Like he's running things from Tatooine. Yeah. He's drugged up on spice yeah. all the time. So there's sort of this implication that maybe he would be making sort of more reasoned decisions with Han right. if he wasn't like yeah high right. and vengeful all the time. Because yeah, I get why he's upset about the spice getting dumped. Obviously, yeah. that's a big investment. But it would make much more sense to let Han just it work off. it off. Yeah. Right, he is a, still a good pilot. Yeah, right. he's the most profitable pilot. Jabba actually lost money in the six months that Han was away just because of the lack of Han. Right. So the yeah. fact that he's yeah, he's not making become good he choices. becomes very like impetuous and you know Jillian's not wrong about the raid on Elysia either. Right. Like, that was not a very good right. business decision. Well. Yeah. I mean, they eliminated the other right. hot clan, yeah, but everything. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It didn't profit them. You know, Juliet was like, "We need to play the long game. We need to take over, Elysia, right, right. And not destroy, destroy it. it." Right. Like, yeah, this is a place that's actually making money. Like, yeah, you have to keep it going. I really like Juliet. Yeah, Juliet. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. It's the most reasonable. Yeah, of the huts. I guess you know you respect someone who's a good crime lord. Yeah, yeah, and who's doing the right thing and and yeah, very clear eye. Right, not the right thing, but like yeah. <laughs> the thing that is most going to benefit. Strategic, strategic, and um, of all the huts, Jiliak was the most like. Came off the most competent. Yeah. Durga has this sort of, like, revenge thing going. Right. Can't see straight. Kibik's a dum-dum. Right. Jabba just seems, like, a little bit young and... Yeah. And, I mean, even Arak was sort of felled by... I guess maybe it's that Jillian seems to have the most command of her, like, appetites. Yeah. That huts are all sort of yeah, undermined in some by some form of, like, an obsessive appetite for something, even right. if it's something like revenge. Right. But they get to... And that's, like, it destroys them physically. Right. And we and mentally. see very, very quickly by Return of the Jedi, it seems that Jabba is no yeah. longer moving independently. Yeah, like, he's... Yeah. That he's gonna... Yeah, he's on that... Yeah, roller thing. <laughs> yeah, the sled or yeah, whatever. Like the sled. Yeah, right. That it, and that's you know, I don't know, maybe like four or five years after. Yeah. that it's not that much longer. No. Um, you know, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, yes, it seems like it seems like in this moment the job is seizing power, but he's actually like sealing his yeah, his, his fate doom in the Star Wars universe for sure. Um, there's also like weird mention. I don't know if you have any insight into this. I I do think that he comes up in another book and I can't remember what, but Zorba the Hutt, who's oh, Jabba's father. Parent yeah. Parent. parent yeah. Right. <laughs> um and a lot of talk about how Jabba didn't really right, like, get along with that he was the Zorba the Hut was like kind of an embarrassment as yeah, a and I thought that was like the the relationships between parents and children yeah. in the Hut universe is is interesting. And like cuz they do seem to be much closer with, in general, with the sort of, like, secondary relation, like, Jiliak and Jabba, the sort of Kibik and Durga, like, cousins and uncles. Yeah, they seem to be very familial. Yeah. Like, very focused on family. Yeah. And speaking of family, to segue away from Hut Talk, yeah. Chewbacca and Oh, my his- God! <laughs> yeah, so we didn't talk about this at all in the recap, but... So, very early on in the book, 
after Han wins the Falcon, he's like, okay, I won the Falcon. Let's take Chewie home. Yeah, I made a promise three years ago that I was going to take Chewie to Kashyyyk. We're going to Kashyyyk. So, like, vacation on Kashyyyk. Which, like, good on Han. Yeah. Remembered it. Um, And it's tough to get to Kashyyyk because it's under Imperial control. Yeah. So, I guess we should mention, this is Kashyyyk exactly as depicted in the Star Star Wars Wars holiday special. Yes. It is the Star Wars. They talk about Life Day. Yeah. Life Day is a thing. It is canon. <laughs> it is Legends canon. <laughs> Legends canon. Yep. For 20 years. Yeah. It is, yeah. 30 they're talking, years. They're talking about Life Day. Mala yeah. is a character. Yeah, I mean. Chewie's father. The, tree, the treetops exactly as you would expect. Yeah. And even the sort the, of. like ladders and stuff that they The ladders. The way that the Imperial occupation functions. Yeah. Day to day. She, it's, AC Grisman watched the holiday special and, and was like, this notes. is bananas, but like, this is what it is. So Who am I to argue? <laughs> this is how this works. Um, yeah, so like 100%. That, oh like, that was, and it, she makes it seem not stupid. It's right. It seems lovely. I mean, it, it, seems, it does seem like a balance between the Kashyyyk we get in Young Jedi Knights yeah. and the Kashyyyk of the holiday special, <laughs> which I cannot believe I'm saying. Um, but he, they go, um, Han is pretty convinced that uh, after so Chewie and Mala become they get engaged, married. they get married very quickly. Right. Um, they go off on like the Wookiee version of a, a honeymoon. honeymoon. Um, and Han is just assuming that like all right, well we had a good run, but yeah. now Chewie's married. Oh, he's also very interested in talking to the Wookiees because Bria has that he finds selling out. weapons to the Wookiees. Yeah, and has sort of made alliances with them and is sort of trying to help them yeah. in, in this time of Imperial occupation. So he's like, because at one point she was like, I wonder why he's like talking to all my friends. So like, yeah. Han's like really into it. Um, Mala and Chewie have the best wedding ever. Yeah. Both Jarek and Han end they up like under own, the table. They write their own vows. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jarek and Han sleep under the, the table. table. They get so drunk on Wookiee wine. They, yeah. they can't hang with the Wookiees. Yeah. And Han is like, makes Jarek only drink like juice. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you can't handle Wookiee booze. Like, and the Wookiees like carry them up the trees. Yeah. And, like, oh my god. The Wookiees love them so much. They think they're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> They love Han and Jerk. Yeah, they're like, you can't handle climbing our trees, so right. we have these, like, bags the that we're going to carry. Angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our babies. And then when they get to the top, Chewie's like, oh, no, those are the, those are the bags we carry our babies, babies in. in. Yeah. And, and Jerk's, like, vomiting over the side yeah, of the yeah, trees yeah, because can't handle he's it. so motion sick yeah, yeah. Being, which <laughs> sounds, it does sound like a horrible thing. Yeah, nightmare. it does not sound like fun. Just being in a giant Wookiee's purse yeah, slapping like, against him climbing and up the Oh, Wookiees are great. Yeah, so Chewie and Mala. It's so, there's so much just like delight and joy yeah. in this universe. Yeah, it really is. And and the Wookiees are so, they're also a very familial group, but like, yeah. like, if you have a distant, like, eighth cousin once removed, yeah. like, Chewie's like, oh, no, we're, like, related. Yeah. Like, he's... And he meets, Han meets Jelana's son. I got really <laughs> And, you know, that guy is talking about how Jelana was always, like, telling stories about Han. Yeah, and, and like, sending hollows. Yeah. And, like, these, you know, greets Han as a brother. brother. Yeah, it's so sweet, and... Yeah, and so, like, at the end of their visit, Han's like, I guess Chewie's staying here with yeah, Mala. Yeah, he's like, Chewie's married, you know, we'll come back and visit soon. Yeah, so. it was nice having him around. Yeah, but, I'm really gonna miss um, the guy. And, and so he says something to the effect of that, and Mala, like, 
almost beats the crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, then Chewie and Jerrick are, like, packing up the Falcon to leave when yeah. Chewie comes back and is like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> I told you I have a life, life debt. debt. Like, like, that is the most important this thing. This is, and, uh, but he's, like, exasperated in a fond way. He's like, what can you yeah. expect from a human? Right, like, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. understand how anything works. <laughs> but and, Mala is. And, like, Han, yeah, Han says, you know, like, dude, you're married, you have to stay. And then Mala maybe almost beats him. Yeah. And she's, you know giving him hell about how like how dare he like right. insult Chewie's honor this is also insulting her honor right. like of course their family is going to fulfill this part like Han basically has to hide behind yeah. Chewie she was like he's just a human he doesn't know any better <laughs> yeah. like yeah and then Mala calms down but yeah. yeah so life debt I mean we've talked about this in the past but life debt is the most right. important the most thing, sacred um, that there's nothing that is more important right to even so and i mean and i guess in a, in a way that this is letting han off the hook for the fact that right that he didn't he, let he's keeping chewy away from right. his family he didn't let him go back for life or he did let him go that one time yeah. he had to go back for life day. Um, so that it's very much like this is a hundred percent just like chewy's yeah choice choice yeah and that and another point they i think maybe before they go back to smuggler's moon they, they go, go back, back again and his baby he is a baby and Han is literally like that is the cutest effing thing I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> like, Han like, loves that baby so much like, yeah. and I have to admit that is a cute baby <laughs> <laughs> gets to see Chewie cuddling the baby and yeah. he plays with the baby yeah it's a really and cute and when they go back to Jagorian Merg and Marv have two babies, babies and yeah. Han like spends an afternoon just like, like playing, playing with, with their babies. babies yeah it's Han loves babies. He yeah. saves babies. He yes. plays babies. There's a lot of children. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of children in this book. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't think. I love the babies on the Kessel Run, too. Yeah. Where, like, they're trying to outrun the Imperials yeah. and, like, a baby, like, he's not a baby. Right. They're, like, like toddlers. A child. Like, I think they range yeah. in age from, like, five to twelve. Yeah. And the kids just are, like, wandering up to the cockpit yeah. and like, this is cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're so great yeah. at this. Like, get back. Yeah. <laughs> go, go buckle up. Yeah. And when the Imperials board, they're, like, trying to like get information from the kids the kids are like captain solo saved us han yeah. solo is a hero he can outrun the imp scum in the universe yeah. <laughs> like really sticking up for him yeah yeah almost kids yeah so i guess so does chewy <laughs> chewy is the one who really loves the kids yeah. like han does too he just doesn't he, show it he doesn't want anything, but he loves kids but it does make i guess uh, i'm gonna save this thought okay but we also need to talk about lando calrosian okay i love I think him this is so a great time much. to talk about lando so lando is just like bopping around the galaxy like he has so many capes he has so many capes he's got a great mustache <laughs> he's <laughs> killing it on all levels yeah. <laughs> like, he's uh like a pirate queen's boy toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Drea, who I think was in the last she was. book. Um, she's just like tiny little like like really like stocky yeah, like kick ass pirate, pirate queen. So when they're on um so we see Lando at the beginning when he loses the Falcon, and he sort of talks a little bit about, like, oh, like, I, Cloud City seems like an interesting... Yeah, so he's there at the Sabbat game with Han, and... He seems pretty fine about losing the Falcon. Yeah, I was annoyed with Han about taking the Falcon. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem as angry as you, and I guess sort of the tension that they leave off at the end of this book just sort of builds, and when yeah. they run into each other and... Uh, 
Empire Strikes Back, it's just like all these things Lando is just sort of laying out on the table as like problems that he had with Han. But when Han takes the Falcon, Lando is like annoyed. That's a really great ship. Yeah, but I mean, what happens is that in the Sabat game, because Lando owns a space yard, like a used car dealership, basically. basically. And he's low on funds, and so he gives his marker, and he says, you can take any, any ship, ship on my space yard right. if you win this. And when Han wins, he's like, I'm going to take the, the Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's my personal ship. I didn't mean that one. And Han's right. like, no, no, no. You said any. Yeah. Yeah, you said any of them, and it's yeah. parked in your space yeah. yard. Are you a Welcher? Yeah. Which is a hilarious word for them to be yeah. using in space. space. Yeah. Across the galaxy, they have <laughs> negative stereotypes about the Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, so, um... But so, he, like... But Lando just kind of, like, rolls his eyes Yeah, I mean, he's it. not... He doesn't fight it no. all that hard. No, he's just like, whatever. Right, I'll get another ship. Um, yeah, he says, uh, Lando's ma- Lando nodded, so nobody can say I don't honor my markers. He drew a long breath and let out an angry hiss. All right, then, the Falcon's yours. Yeah. But then, in the next scene... Right, they're buddies They're, they're pounding around. Fine. It's yeah. No but I... That is the one thing, and it's so small, but it is the one thing that I feel like she does not sell to me is why Han loves the Falcon so much. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. I feel like we needed to be reminded in this book. Because in the... But even in the first book, he just, like, sees it. He's like, that's the greatest ship. I'm in love with that ship. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I think it's just love at first sight. I know, but I guess I, I guess I wish that he'd had some like amazing experience on that ship yeah. or something like that was the ship he first did the Kessel Run in, or he happened to be piloting that ship when they successfully yeah. defeated defended Narada yeah. or something like that. Like I would like to feel that that love for the Falcon is also kind of earned. Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, it doesn't necessarily come through that much in this book, but I think, I think we're supposed to maybe get the sense that like the time he spends. Work. Like, the potential of the Falcon is right. what he loves about the Falcon. Is that Because once he gets it, he's like, okay, we're going to put in guns. We're going to put in these, like, secret compartments. Like, he, I think he sees the Falcon as, like, this could be the greatest ship. It's not right now. But, right. like, I see it. And Lando sees it, too. Yeah. Um, like, it's definitely a good, a good ship. And I like that. And I like that they sort of establish how kind of difficult and temperamental all these smuggler ships are that yeah. everybody's always working on their ship it's right. not like you know in the movies it almost feels like the falcon kind of sucks like it's always right. down it's always an issue right. but it, it seems, seems like, that's, like that's just how if you have these really work. souped up ships yeah that's just how and it it's is. so different than like the imperial fleet or yeah. the alliance where you probably have like a whole team of people to right. fix these but ships it's just when like an down. x-wing you can dunk in the yeah in the mud right and, and as soon as you lift it out it's fine you're gonna fly in the falcon that would be just like months of work right yeah but i guess the falcon it's like a 1960s like corvette or something yeah. i right. don't know if they made corvettes then but I've been watching TV and some cars and coffee. Yeah. So I'm thinking like one of those. Yes, yeah, it's, like, it's like a car. Yeah, Harry Seinfeld would take Don Rickles to get coffee. Yeah, like, you know, on Sundays you see those guys like take out their like old fashioned yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's but, like. But also like souped up and, yeah. and like modern in that sense. Yeah. Um, so let me see Lando again on Queen of Empire. Right. He's on this casino ship. Apparently he just like loves. He's like. Uh, He's like Omar Sharif in Funny Girl. Yeah. I can't believe it. Wow. That's, that's a really relatable. Put that on it. That's, that's a cultural touchstone I can all relate to. He's like, actually, he is. I, I watched the movie not that long ago. He's so 
like, like a mushroom. <laughs> Does he have a mustache in that Yes! He does. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yes, right. he does. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so he's there to gamble on the ship because Lando, like, he needs to get back to Narshada one right. way or another. And he's like, he likes to travel by cruise ship because then he can gamble right. and make some money because he is still a professional gambler. gambler yeah. And he sees Bria there. Bria's undercover as, like, a lounge singer. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and one point she sings and he, he's like, her voice is not great, but like, yeah, she's I trying. Actually, like, <laughs> saved that part passage because I loved it so much. <laughs> Says uh, Bria Lavelle began to sing. Lando had heard a lot of singers in his time, and she was far from being the best. Her breath control was uneven, and she cut some of the high notes because of it. But her voice was strong and in key. Uh, and like I just love that Lando was listening to it and thinking of it like he knows a lot about yeah. music and singing. Yeah. Like it's not just like, oh, she's got a pretty voice, but he's like, well, you know, the breath yeah. control. I mean you like I wondered after reading these books, like, why didn't Lando just open a casino? Like yeah. he would have been so good at yeah. like why did he put all his money in the cloud city? <laughs> Why in Funny Girl did Omar Sharif turn down the opportunity to manage a casino and right. to go into a failed land deal? Right, yeah, it's true. Exactly. Yes, it's like, Omar Sharif. <laughs> God, that is a poll. We're going to have to do very detailed show notes. Oh, no, funny Girl. Omar Sharif. So, yeah, so he, you know, he finds Bria super cute. And yeah, he hits on her and he slow dances with her and. Because he Han had a ship named the Bria and all right, this, so he was like, "Oh, is that like a common Corellian name?" And she's like, "Not really." Yeah. Um. And so she quickly finds out that he knows Han, right. and Lando's like, "You're that Bria?" Like, yeah, he's yeah. all excited. Yeah. And she agrees to like have him back to her room. Yeah. And, and he goes to buy dinner. like flowers and wine and so stuff. So sweet. I love him so much. <laughs> he's like, and such a but that's when Boba Fett right shows up, snags her. Um. And she's all tied up, and Lando comes into the room, and Boba Fett is just like, give up right now. Yeah. And Lando, <laughs> Prince Humperdinck and the Princess Bride, yes. immediately surrender. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Over here? No yeah. problem. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he... How does he get her out of that? So they're they're attacked by pirates. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And Drea is actually the pirate that attacks the right. Canadian Empire ship. And so whenever... They run into the pirates. I was like, Drea, it's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love you. <laughs> Please rescue me. Yeah. <laughs> and Drea says, hey, Boba Fett, like, I like that guy. Yeah. I'll take him. Yeah. And Lando's like, you need to get Bria too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and yeah, so Drea pays him off, basically. Drea yeah. pays the bounty on Bria to right. Boba Fett, Fett to get to keep. Right. Take Bria because right. she feels like she owes Han. Right. For, for the battle on Narshada. Yeah. Um. So that was where, and which makes Bree's, Bria's betrayal of the smugglers, among whom is Lando, all the more terrible. Yeah, like, she's a terrible person. Lando, Lando <laughs> saved her, and then Lando, you know, like, hung out with her and got her back in touch with Han and did so much for her, and she did not think for a second. Yeah. I guess, okay, maybe it's worth talking about why I hate Bria, because... Yeah. <laughs> On paper, Bria, even though this book is on paper, so yeah. on, on paper she's not great. But in a more condensed form, Bria is theoretically great. Like, she's strong. She's a great leader. She's yeah. you know, dedicated to the cause. She essentially forms the Rebel Alliance. She gets the plans for the Death Star, which really makes A New Hope 
sort of a nice way in which Han like completes her work without even right. knowing it. Knowing that he's doing that. But yeah. I feel like I think the problem with Bria is that Bria is so unquestioningly certain of her own righteousness at all times. Yeah. That she never takes anyone else into, into consideration. consideration. I think and I don't know if maybe I'm reading too much into this in a good way. Um, but my sort of interpretation of her arc and why I I hate Bria is that, you know, she comes from in the first book this like terrible situation yeah. on Alicia. She was addicted. Um and to me, like like she's, you know, obviously a very strong character. She gets over that, like she sort of devotes herself to this this cause. But her like obsession is still a problem. Right. Like she's obsessed with the Rebel Alliance in an unhealthy way that's sort of hurting every, everyone it's around hurting her. Hurting everyone, including and she the does not care. Work for her, right? She does not care who she has to hurt, who she has to kill. You know, even this man that she claims to love to yeah. the stars and back, like it doesn't matter as long as it's benefiting or what she thinks is benefiting the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Um, Although really it would probably be more long-term beneficial to the Rebel Alliance not to burn down this potential connection right. with the smuggler and privateer community. Like right. none of these guys are going to trust anyone from the rebellion after this. And the word's going to get around. It's a small moon. Right. And you know, there's this potential really useful long-term connection that's just burned because Bria is so focused, focused on like yeah. her goal in this moment. Um, which seems sort of petty, where she's like, we need all of it for the rebellion. It's like, really, like, you're stealing, you know, three million and you can't spare half a million? Right. Like, you know. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole No, it's lot really hurt. But I mean, if you, but like, when she was enslaved on Ulysia, she didn't know she was enslaved. She believed in what she was doing then. And she was equally righteous, equally right. committed, right. equally unwilling to see anyone else's perspective. Like, if the priests on Elysia had told her, like, what you need to do to serve the one and all is to go and, like, kidnap people, she would have done, done that. that. Right. Just as unflinchingly. Right. Just and as so, certain yeah. Strike. So, like, she happens to be on the right side. Right. And this point, she's here. on the right side, but she still has that same mentality of, like, I'm never, I'm not questioning anything. Like, yeah. this is exactly what needs to get done and her sort of inner monologue doesn't have enough of you know it's always her being like well I really love Han but like Thermal Alliance like takes precedence over everything else and in a way that like you don't get that with Leia right like Leia is loyal to her friends she you know in the moment understands that like no like the idea that someone else could have a life that matters as much as your own life right like and when i say life like bria is very willing to sacrifice herself but she also feels equally entitled to sacrifice other everyone people. else yeah you know it's right. like well if i'm willing to do this you know like and there are multiple times in the book someone will tell bria i really don't want to die right as bria is responsible for their death right right, right. Like, yeah. it's it's, it's upsetting. Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah, and, and the, like that's I think to me the biggest difference between her and Leia is that like Leia is just as devoted to this cause and yeah. just as in it and is sacrificing just as much as Bria, and yet you never get the sense that she's no like Leia inspires people to want to do this with her, right? And Bria sometimes does that, but sometimes just manipulates people, people right, into, into a it. into a position where it's no longer up to them, right? Right, which is. What happens at the end? What happens <laughs> at the end? 
Um, yeah, and you know, it's also a dep- reason why Jen Erso is better than Bria mm-hmm. as the the Rogue One takeover because in Rogue One, everyone knows what they're getting into. Right. And it's very clear that Bria volunteered her squadron for a suicide mission right. without telling them right. it was so a suicide, suicide mission. mission. Yeah. Which is real yeah. queasy. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't even know what she's doing. No, and I mean, yeah, and I don't think we're supposed to love what Bria's doing. I don't know. No, I don't think so either. I, but I do think we're supposed to love Bria. Yeah, and I do yeah. not. <laughs> no, I feel like Bria is a very... I do also remember hating her as a kid, but I think as a kid I was just like, she's not Leia. Yeah, no, I think Bria's a bad person. <laughs> but she is. Yeah, she's not, she's not um, a good person. Yeah, what else is there? They talk about vids a lot. There's yeah, a lot of vids. Vid stars. Yeah. What's, what it's like to be a vid star, and you watch the news. Right, you have news vids. Oh, yeah, the thing that I was like, oh, Han, no, about was Han carrying Bria's breakup letter to him <sighs> in his pocket for That's 10 so years. so dramatic. <laughs> for 10 years, he carried that Dear John letter around with him and would just, like, take yeah, it Yeah, and then read it to her. Read it when he wanted to feel sad, and then when he was mad at her, he took it out and, like, threw it at her. Yeah. Oh. like, you're a whore. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the force yeah and how there is no force in these books yeah and how like i didn't really think about it until the end of this book when bria and han are talking about palpatine and vader right that there's these rumors that they have powers right that palpatine can like influence people um you know, we get a sense, we get Vader in the previous book, but we don't really get, get like the idea closet that, door. Right, that anyone knows who that person is. is necessarily. Even in this book, when they mention Vader's name, like, it's not like, it doesn't cause reaction. No, he's like a, he's like a rumored figure. Right. Um, there's no mention of the Force in no. any of these books. No, they say, like... The, the Wookiees have yeah. some aspect of the Force as part of the wedding or whatever. They talk about, like, the life force right. or whatever will be with right. you always. But it's no Jedi, no. no Force. But that does explain how Han knew to yes. say the Force will be with, with you. you. Yeah. yeah, may the Force be with, with you. Because he has this... He, he would right. have understood, so, like, oh, you're talking about this Wookiee thing. Right, right. This is the same thing. But I find it so interesting, and I think why this works so well as a prequel in the way that like the actual prequels don't, <laughs> don't work is that it 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 makes so much sense for Han's character going into A New Hope like his relationship to the Force yeah his understanding of what the Force is and this idea that like this is all new and like the Jedi because um, Chewie mentions that like oh the solo guy has a lightsaber at the end and Mos Eisley and Han's like who what? has lightsabers That's anymore? Crazy. That like, or there's like a bartender that who likes to tell like stories of the old days where the Jedi could like jump super high and do all this crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's so it's like he's like Billy Bones and Treasure yeah, Island. Yeah. Everyone's just like, oh, you and your wild tales. Yeah, crazy. Like, that like this is all mythology and yeah. it's not real and and it it makes new hopes like hit so much harder. I yeah, think. I think so. And it also I feel like that's a a thing that it's very different in the prequels than in the implied past of the expanded universe at this point is that the idea that the Jedi were always very small in number, always behind the the background, yeah, always even in their day, like borderline mythical, right? That most people would not have seen or heard of Jedi. You know, the idea of like a government Jedi council, yeah, right, does not exist. No, because that's you know, 
that would be a very mainstream right right thing. that like and i i really liked the hints and sort of like nods that we get to jedi without right. ever mentioning yeah there's the words don't get no used. and like the smugglers and they wouldn't no know what these things were no. and it wouldn't make sense to them to talk about it um and i i just like it felt so good to like not talk about the force. <laughs> well, and like these books just like continually made the world bigger, but also made the world enticing. Yes, in a way yes. that I have not. And felt. that's logical. Like I think part of the or there's a ton of problems with the prequels, but part of the prequels is like you're just like stripping away all the mythology and yeah. all the, you know. The, you know, sort of, like, phantom ideas that make up this world, right? And, right. like, just, like, it's the government thing and, like... Right, I mean... There's, like, a very strict training. Yeah, the maybe part of the problem with the prequels, even though we start talk about Star Trek, is that they're too Star Trek for Star Wars. Yes, like, right, because Star Wars does not yeah, work that way. Too much bureaucracy, don't have enough setup, too many nuts and bolts. Right, for that like. to be useful. Um, and, and this really does exist... To me, this these prequels, the this Han Solo trilogy prequels, like they exist in the original trilogy world. Like, yeah, it makes sense that it, these books exist in. Yeah, that world. they don't they don't run counter to anything that we see, and they just make like, these. I really want to go back and watch the, the original yeah, movies me too, now yeah. because these inform without overshadowing. Right, like, they just make it a little bit richer, right, like, a right. little bit better. You yeah. know, like when Han and Chewie are flying back to. Um, uh, Cloud City and she was like and Han's like oh that was a long time ago I'm sure he's not still mad about that like yeah. he's like well do you think he's still mad about what happened on Elysia you right, know? Right, like, right, no. right right what's going what's on what's going on right and it doesn't feel heavy handed and it doesn't feel oh and the part where Lando tells Han like Han's like thank god you were there to help Bria I'm so glad and, Han, yeah. and Lando's like look buddy like I hate bounty hunters I would not turn my worst enemy over to a bounty I hunter I know oh my god like, yeah. <gasps> and it's so heartbreaking but it, and it also there's the moment in Empire Strike Back where Lando is pissed off at Vader and he says like that was never a part of our agreement nor was giving Han to this bounty hunter right so it's like yeah you get why he's so upset right and about like what's going the on the history he has with Boba Fett right yeah like Lando twice that there's this before. like tension yeah. with Boba Fett Lando is the worst thing that ever <laughs> happened to Boba Fett yeah Lando just trips up Boba Fett <laughs> Lando <laughs> is carrying a big rock up Boba Fett kryptonite his pocket because anytime Boba Fett's cool and God tongue is under control <laughs> Lando Calrissian comes popping out yeah. like, the next time they see each other Lando's gonna help knock him into a star like pit yeah, by accident. accident yeah like, yeah no they have a a cat and mouse relationship that just like <laughs> spans years and years, and they don't even like outwardly like. I mean, no, Lando no. hates bounty hunters, but like, yeah, Lando doesn't. Boba like Fett isn't after Lando. No, like, he's never after Lando. Yeah. Boba Fett is never once after Lando, and Lando is just like causing problems for Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> so much with his. And I love Lando's many many capes. Like, yeah, he has a cape for every outfit and. Oh, I love him so much. He's, he's really great. He's so great. And it totally, like, ev- I mean, every characterization completely comes through. It rings so, so true. Yeah. Um, hmm, trying to think of. Oh, this is small, but I feel like we're getting to the point in the podcast to talk about small yeah. things. Uh, Lando's droid from the last book, Boofy Rob, turned yeah. out to be a baby starship. Oh my god, it's ready! <laughs> I wrote baby starship! Exclamation point. That's adorable. Yeah, where Han's like, what happened to Boofy Rob? Yeah. And he says, Boofy Rob decided to go back to his people and grow up, fulfill his destiny. Han grimaced. He's a droid. What do you mean, <laughs> destiny? Boofy Rob is... was... 
a baby starship. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Gigantic droid ships that roam the stars, sentient but not biological life forms. So he's a transformer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Pumira, oh my god. Yeah. The, the relationship behind that has... must, This must tie into another book, because then Leo keeps talking, he's like, there was this evil sorcerer named Raku Jepta who turned out to be a croak in these vacuum breathers in a big fight in this huge star cave, and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Anytime they sort of, like, get specific about and characters... Then they, like, and like, then he gets cut off, and thank God. Yeah. But... Um, poor Mako. <gasps> oh, that was really That was really, really sad. Yeah, Mako basically just, like, gets beaten by bandits until he's paralyzed yeah. and will and, never walk again. Yeah, and Han and Lando go to visit him. And, and he, he like, can't pilot or anything, so basically yeah. he feels like yeah, that's the Yeah, he end. won't even speak to them. Yeah, he, he just, like, looks look away. Them, yeah, it's really a big bummer. And I mean, that's, I guess, another thing that this book does really well is we've built all of these sort of relationships for Han, and all of them have to fade away for some reason right. because but they don't come up in the movies there can't be someone who it would make sense for Han to turn to in the movies who's still there so but it never feels like they're it never feels like that's like what's happening or inevitably right. so like Han and Sala fall out because he doesn't right. want to marry her but right. like it doesn't feel like oh and there she goes right right, right? right it just right. makes sense right then yeah they lose Mako that way and Jarek oh my god I was that was bad. I was in rough shape yeah. reading about what happens to yeah. Jarek. So Jarek is the kid that Han adopted, yeah, basically, basically. Yeah. in the last book, who claimed to be related to him but wasn't. Right, just and Han knew that, in, like, immediately. Knew, that that was, was immediately suspicious, asked around, and they're like, this is just a homeless kid who loves you. Right. And but he had never told Jarek. He never called him out. Yeah. He said, like, look, it obviously means a lot to him to have a family name. Like, right, let's so just, just like, let it, it be. Um, so, yeah, he's known him for years. Yeah, now. he's been part of the group for a long time. And traveling with Han and Chewie, he's, yeah. like, their third. He's their guy. Right. And he gets killed on this, like, raid to Elysia right. that he wants to be part of the battle. And Han sends him with Lando. Lando, Lando yeah. And he gets shot. Yeah. And as he's dying, he's, like, calling out to yeah, Han. Yeah, Han. Yeah, Lando's like, you gotta come. You gotta come quick. And Han makes it just in time. I mean, he, like, yeah. up. <laughs> and Han makes it just in time. And as Jarek's dying, he's like, I have to tell you, like, I'm a liar. Right, like, I'm, I'm not, not cousin. I'm yeah. not related to you. And Han says, like, I've always, I've always known. Right, don't, like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like, right, you are solo. solo. Yeah. Like, I give you this name. Yeah. And Jarek oh dies. God. And Han, yeah. like, fills out the identification card and yeah, writes Jarek, Jarek Solo. It's, <gasps> it's oh banana sad. I'm like gonna just wait yeah. pause here so I can sit here <laughs> yeah, for Jarek Solo. And I guess like it <laughs> it's gonna be really hard to transition back to the Young Jedi Knights because yeah. it's like Jarek Solo is such a better son than <laughs> yes, he, the kids he, that he Jason and Gina so much <laughs> after this. But like, do Jason and Gina know any of this? I I feel Has like I hold them maybe doesn't talk about like yeah. I don't know if Leia knows about about this. this. Like in great detail. Like because I could see Han as a character like never talking about Jarek. Yeah. Like not that it doesn't hurt him and he's right. not upset. And like maybe him and Chewie once in a while reminisce With, yeah. together. But I could see Han just not like, wanting not wanting to bring that forward. Yeah. And like we don't find out in this book 
anything more about Han's childhood, where he came yeah. from, how he came to be homeless. Like, there are unanswered questions, questions. that remain yeah. unanswered. We don't find out how he earned his Corellian blood strike. Yeah. And I wonder if the Corellian trilogy goes into does that. Does have that, yeah. Um, but I like, but I, I like that not every... It makes it feel more like a world in that the edges remain sort of, like, open and undefined. Right. And it feels like a, a complete story arc. Like, yeah. from where we met up with Han... Yeah. To him walking into Mos Eisley. Like, we didn't need to see his entire no. childhood. No, we get those, like, very formative 10 years where he goes from being yeah. a kid to being the man that we right. meet. Right. It's like wishing he didn't wear long sleeves. Yeah, he's like, that's <laughs> adorable. He's like, this is so stupid. <laughs> I can't believe I'm wearing this stupid shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Mos Eisley scene, I, I really did get chills. chills. Yeah, because it just, like... He, that very well maybe we should read it yeah <laughs> it's just really good it is um let's see it says uh okay the wookie was plainly excited and pleased about something he stopped han by the entrance and conferred with his partner in low voiced grunts and moans han tilted his head sideways and peered past the wookie at two humans who were standing at the bar a charter he said well hey that's better than nothing good work chewy is that them the old guy in the jawa robe and that kid in the moisture farmer's outfit <laughs> I didn't know that was a job. Um, <laughs> Chewie nodded, commenting that even though the old man looked harmless, he dealt effectively with Dr. Evazan and Pon- Ponda Baba just moments before and used a most unusual weapon to do it. Han frowned, frowned impressed. Pull the lightsaber, you say, huh? I didn't know anyone still had them. Okay, I'll work out the details of the old guy and the kid. You take him over to that empty booth and I'll join you in a second. Han paused for a moment to check out Chalmans as Chewbacca ushered their prospective customers uh, over to the corner table. Good. No sign of Greedo. Then he started across the crowded cantina where Chewie, the old man, and the boy sat waiting. The beginning! <laughs> the beginning, and then it ends and it says the it beginning. It says the yeah. beginning, oh. Yeah. It's just like, it's a really great it, ending. It's so good. And it feels, yeah, and the journey there feels completely yeah. earned. It makes complete sense why he's there. Right. Nothing it, feels sudden. There's no, like, abrupt. Yeah. It, yeah, it just feels like a very complete story to get Han to where he's in that cantina yeah why he feels why he's such a grump (laughs) yeah like and also why he doesn't necessarily take the fact that Jabba is like after him maybe as seriously as he should because he's had such a good relationship with Jabba up until this point yeah and I always watching the original trilogy got the sense that like Jabba was just like which he is, but just sort of creepy and sort of like trying yeah. to like, huh, my boy, like just sort of yeah. buttering him up. And there, there wasn't necessarily a long relationship there, but this really like, like Jabba really liked Han. He likes him so much. Oh yeah. I highlighted this passage yeah. where Han is sort of like shifting uncomfortably. And yeah. I was like, what's going on with you? And yeah. Han's like, have you thought about getting chairs? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> chairs would be good for, yeah. For when you talk to humans, humans. <laughs> <laughs> you get a chair. And I says, ho, ho, Jabba chuckled. I have often thought that feet must be inconvenient things to depend on, Han, my boy. I can do better than the floor. Turning with far more flexibility than Han would have given him credit for, Jabba curled his tail forward and patted, patted it invitingly. Yeah. Yeah. Here, sit, lad. Han recognized that Jabba was doing him a great honor, silently told his protesting nose to shut up. He walked over and sat down on the hut's tail just as he would have a tree trunk. He smiled, though the reek was awful this close. My feet thank you, Jabba, he said. The hut's laughter at such close quarters was enough to rattle Han's eardrums. 
Ho, ho, ho. Han, you amuse me almost as much as one of my dancing girls. Yeah. Like, he, he loves, loves all of dancing girls. <laughs> Java curling up his tail and yeah, patting like, him. Come sit by me. <laughs> yeah, and it's like covered in oil and Han's <laughs> pants are ruined. He has to get new pants. <laughs> So gross. Oh, God. Yeah, it's real. I mean, this book makes me very excited to do Tales from Jabba's Palace. Yes. Because that world, the smugglers, the sort of, like, underground of the Star Wars universe, like, that is, I think, runs, brushes up against this. This is so well constructed. Yeah. This is... And A.C. Crispin has a story in that oh, book as AC well. A.C. Crispin's so amazing. I know. I wish she wrote more. I wish she... story she does in that. I wish she had written... Everything. Yeah. <laughs> she was just in charge. I wish Ace. I wish AC Crispin was the Kevin J. Anderson. Like, yeah. And I, I not mean, that I, Kevin J. Anderson is an unskilled Kevin J. Anderson. Arguments can be made that Kevin J. Anderson yeah. is the best possible Kevin J. Anderson. But it's just, it's just style differences. Yeah. And, and I, I wonder, you know, because pretty quickly we'll, we'll do Jedi Academy. Yeah. Um, and. I'm wondering if his style is different. significantly different when he's writing for a more adult audience. I hope so. And I mean, it. I think that, I mean, there's various issues with, with the young Jedi's, but and some of it may also be that, like, A.C. Crispin's attentiveness to detail would mean that she would not be well positioned to build out, like, a very large expansion yeah. of the universe in the way that, that Kevin J. Anderson did, that he did so many of, like, the big picture, right. you know, here's the whole map, and she just, like, sort of took one corner of the map and made it just, like, gorgeous and yeah. wonderful, yeah. like... She does the fat dancer's tale. I don't remember that one, but I don't that's know, interesting. But it sounds like it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm it's a go. good title. Yeah, um, yeah. Tales from Java's Palace is a, is a real interesting group of stories. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say something else about this book, and I forget. But yeah, I mean, I do good. I, yeah, this book, <laughs> it's hard to come up with because it was just great. It was really great, um, and, and I, like I said, it interweaved. I think so much. Of the expanded universe in a way that didn't feel that it felt very natural. Yeah. Like the whole stuff with Zizor, like it makes total sense that Zizor is a character yeah. in this world. And, and yeah, just like and even the attention to like little things, like when Han's playing the the Sabat game and Bria, unbeknownst to him, is watching and she sees like a woman sitting at the table who has these like really thick corded muscles mm-hmm. in her neck and they're like oh well she must be from a planet with like really heavy gravity yeah um, right yeah you know just like those little things. yeah it's it's so it's world building in a way that makes the world seem like larger but also specific yeah and at the same time yeah um I don't think there's anything else still want a deadwood style series about narshada oh my i would i would <laughs> love a narshada series i wonder if we ever go back to Narshada? Oh God, I love Narshada so I much. I really love Narshada. That it, yeah, it just like if I could have a wish for this book, it would be that <laughs> I had read it when I was a kid because yeah. I would have loved. I this. did love it. I do remember loving I it. I would have loved this so much. There are so many sort of like details here that are exactly my kind. Of, like and this, it kind of in some ways like 
the way you get into sort of the culture of the smugglers and their friendships and their personalities and their styles is like a little bit like some of the stuff I love about the sting. Yeah. Where you have yeah. these it, like Yeah, it feels like freewheeling and Yeah, it's got some of that same like there are stakes, this is dangerous, but we're having a good time. Right. Yeah. Right? Like Han like, mentions again in this book, like this is the best time like him yeah, when like, he's fixing on the Falcon, the this best is, time I've ever had. This is had. the life we've chosen, this is fun. Yeah, and he this says that great. In the second one, yeah, too. like um Narshada is still canon. <gasps> it appears in Aftermath, Life Debt, which is that book that we, I think that we were talking about. What? The one that's, oh, maybe that's not this one. I was talking about, I think we were talking about One Shot. I don't remember. Oh, One Shot. Yeah. Um, but apparently it appears. Mm. I love Narshada so much. This uh, canon, Aftermath, Life Debt. Yeah, all right, well. Yeah, so apparently Narshada. It's still canon. That, like, the bringing things forward canon thing, like, I, I think it's great, and it makes sense not to want to throw everything out, but then it's just like, which parts? What's it like? Yeah. And I am not... It's funny. I guess maybe we should take a moment to talk about the way, like, expectations oh, for, for young yeah, Han Solo movie. Because I have to, like, I've had to remind myself that I'm not the kind of person who needs a movie to reproduce my vision from a book. Right. I philosophically object to that right, mindset. Right, right, right. I They're agree. They're different yeah. media. Right. They're different sets of expectations. I'm very, and like, uh, much agreement. I do I, not think a book needs, no, and like, or a movie needs to completely You know, reproduce capture, a book. Right. And like, I have, I have these stories now. Yeah. These stories cannot be taken right. away they from exist. me. <laughs> my relation to these stories cannot be damaged right. by you a movie telling a different story. And read them. This yeah. world will always be here waiting for me. And like, that's what I'm telling myself, and I do believe it, but there is some corner of my heart that just wants it to be this. Yeah. Like, that loves this so much. Like, I don't... Like, on the one hand, I don't want to see a different Han Solo story. And on the other hand, I, I'm telling myself, I need to be open to another Han Solo right. story. Maybe I'll love another no. one yeah. just as much. I'm, I'm, I, and I have been, I think, since the beginning, pretty cautiously optimistic yeah. about it. And I... I my impression and it's very I haven't read all that much about it because I, t- I try not to yeah spoil too much going into it but my impression is it it seems like a heist like a like a it ha- it is certainly big stakes right like a and heist movie that to me is is promising in the yeah. sense that like maybe we're not building a world in the same way that these books did which I, which is fine for a two hour whatever yeah. movie to just nods to things that we know about Han Solo, nods maybe to this expanded universe, yeah. nods to the universe they're creating now, um, without it being like a huge, this is Han's life right. story, which it doesn't seem to be that, um, which I'm glad for. Like, no. I don't need like a birth to walking into Mos Eisley's story. No, no. And I mean, that would be... And he seems, I mean, he's young, Han vicious. Solo. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe they want to leave room for more young Han Solo right. movies if yeah. this one does really well. Or a young Lando movie that Han figures into a Let's little bit. Let's do a young Lando movie, please. Lando! Because <laughs> you just the image of Lando. Lando is just... He's such a great character. He's and so great. I've never... Anytime Lando shows up anywhere, he's just like... Just a breath of fresh air. Yeah, even in the Young Jedi Knights Even in Young Jedi Knights when Lando shows up, he's great. Yeah. Even when he, what he's doing doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, yeah. taking kids to gym diversification. <laughs> he just wants to show... Off gender conversation, he's, he's so proud. But yeah, he's just such a wonderful character, both on screen and on the page. Like, yeah. he just pops. I've never and, been, I've never been disappointed by Lando. Lando yeah, so great. And and I really hope that 
that they do it. He's got so much style. He's a very low angst character. Yeah, he's super he's like just like along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. You know, even when he's mad, he's not that mad no. <laughs> usually. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, so we're 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 we record these a couple weeks ahead, but we will do a, a yeah. We're gonna do a like a, a bonus mini episode. Mini episode. After we'll, we watch, we'll post after we watch Young Han Solo, Solo yeah. which I guess will be it have to be a little at least a little spoilery. Oh yeah, I think yeah. we'll say big, like a spoil- big spoiler alert, <laughs> a spoiler episode. Yeah. So we'll do a we'll do a spoiler a spoiler review for Young Han Solo. Yeah, specifically in conversation with, with, with these, this with, with these, these books, books and, so and see what after happens. you see Young Han Solo, yeah, then right. which I guess is just called Solo. Yeah, so after Solo, you see Solo, Solo Star Story, after you see Solo Star Wars yeah, yeah. Story. Then you can tune in, or you could just choose to skip hear, over it. Skip yeah. over it. Go Come in, back to it. Go and spoil. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. but yeah, we're. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. I so far I have not been disappointed by any of them. Yeah, like this is. But this one seemed a little different. Like the I I guess the sort of anticipatory reception towards it has been kind of tepid. Like people are not. Yeah, it was plagued stoked by, by this quite a bit of production movie, issues, and there have been stories, but. I've not. I've not since Force Awakens. I haven't been disappointed by a Star Wars movie. Yeah, so, and um, I mean, I I think Ron again, Howard Kathleen seems, Kennedy. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's got an Iron Fist. Ron Howard seems very proud of it. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I you know, there's not much plot revelations in the trailer, but you know. the. I like the aesthetic of it, the like seventies sort like, of style. I like the aesthetic, and I like Woody Harrelson a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like all the yeah, the actors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's us being like, we want it to be oh, we, want it. We, want it we don't take any pride in not enjoying movies. No, we don't. We don't. We, 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 there's no movie out there that we're hoping to be better than. We'll, we'll go see anything looking for a good time. Yeah, yeah, we're, except for Infinity War. Well, we don't think it would be a good time. We don't think, we had a lot of conversations about whether or not we were going to see Infinity yeah. War. Turns out no. no. Turns out we're not. Um, yeah, so, but that's, that's it. So you'll hear from us for the, the spoiler special talking about yeah. more about AC Christman with Solo Star Wars Story. And then as far as books go... Back to... Okay, so... <laughs> to temp this. All right. We only have Jedi Bounty and Emperor's Plague left in this arc. There's three other right. Young Jedi Knight books that came out a little bit later that are completely different, sort of not completely different, but a different storyline. Um, we're going to finish gonna close them Diversity down. Alliance, we're going to do Jedi Bounty and Emperor's Plague, and then we're going to jump into Tales from Jabba's Palace, we're going to do the Star Wars journals, and, yeah. and then move into maybe some of the more classic yeah. expanded universe with, with uh, Jedi Academy, but we'll keep you posted. Yeah, we'll let you know where you're going, <laughs> so, but like, we're going to have, it just doesn't make sense to go. No, we've got to finish them off, <laughs> and... I, I guess it'll be interesting to see how it feels to, to I mean, go maybe back going to back, we'll, we'll feel a little less We'll feel a little angry. better. <laughs> We've given them a break, given them a little breathing room. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I'm also like 6'2 and even that the Jedi Bounty was the first first one, yeah. first one I read. Yeah. I'm, I'm really thinking that it yeah, was, which on, on, makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the cover, we have, I, I assume that's Nula. That's Nula. And... Rock, which is really hard to say. And Boba Fett. They've got kind of like a Nazi imagery yeah. thing going on there. Yeah, like, those aren't yeah. actually swastikas no, in the background, yeah, but, it's but they look like in the background, which yeah. is a weird imagery choice for the Diversity the Alliance. Yeah. I got Zek is uh, he a made floating the cover. head. He made a floating head cover. Zek uh, edged out Tunnel Ka to be a floating Tunnel head. Tunnel Ka has not been a floating head in the last <laughs> couple books, which... 
Tinnacle's floating head. <laughs> she, she should be there. She should really be there. And I guess she wasn't delusions of grandeur. Alright. And, and Luke was, which made no sense because he was there. Yeah. Is he in that book? Was <laughs> <laughs> a character that book? It was just nice to get away from Luke. It was really nice to get away from Luke. It was. And maybe not, yeah, maybe it's not so much that, like, I didn't want to. I was done with the forest, but I was like, I don't want to hear Luke talk about this forest. <laughs> I don't need to hear from Luke. All right. Well, All right. this has been delightful. This is great. We'll I highly soon. recommend it. Absolutely. This is the first ones that, without reservation, I can say, these are just enjoyable yeah. books. If you like the Star Wars universe, if you like Han Solo, yeah, you, you will, will like these enjoy books. these books. These are just good books. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, talk to you bye, soon. Bye, Han Solo. Bye. bye. <laughs>